In the name of the risen Christ, amen. Please be seated. I'm just like so nervous that the flowers are going to go here and the flames are going to go there. and So you're nervous about it too and we all know they're there and it's going to be okay. Our worship tonight captures the full breadth of God's amazing and incredible promises. Creation, incarnation, and redemption. With each story we remember. Remember the abundance of God's care, love, grace, and mercy. Each story telling us, giving us powerful, sometimes fierce images. Creation in seven days. Really? The parting of the Red Sea. Unimaginable. Heavens higher than the earth. A life, many lives, restored in a valley of dry bones. Can we imagine? Consider Ezekiel. Jerusalem native, inheritor of the priestly tradition, tradition, he's taken up by the Spirit and set down in a valley full of bones, dry bones. And the voice of the Lord speaks to him, Mortal, it says, can these bones live? And like any of us, Ezekiel answers, O Lord God, you know. What would it be like to be taken up by the Lord's Spirit and then to hear the voice of the Lord? What is it like to be set in a valley of dry bones and watch them come to life? Ezekiel is writing sometime after Jerusalem's fall to the Babylonian Empire. The holy city is gone, a nation and temple completely destroyed. And the people of Israel at least those who have survived the conquest of their land, are sent into exile across the empire. We can imagine, maybe, the immensity of their loss. Their homes and place of worship are gone, wiped from the land. Their community scattered across and amidst foreign places and people. We can see perhaps a glimpse of their grief and doubt. What will happen to them? Where is their God? The book of Ezekiel begins with his exile from Jerusalem, and he imagines and then witnesses Jerusalem and the temple's destruction. And his prophecies, though, end with hope, including the one we heard tonight. This valley of dry bones, inspired by the Spirit of the Lord, the promise of life for Israel. Explicit in this hope is the restoration of Israel. And in this restoration, Ezekiel's participation is required. God gives Ezekiel the prophecy 
And it is as he prophesies that these bones come together. More than bones, sinews and flesh and skin cover them. More than muscle and body, breath. The breath of the Spirit of the Lord alive in these bones. It is an untidy, untidy restoration of life. A holy accomplishment realized through Ezekiel's faithfulness. This is more than a dream, more than a prophecy. The Lord says that the nation of Israel will be like these dry bones, revived by the Spirit of the Lord. The Lord promises through Ezekiel to bring Israel back to life. Whenever I hear Ezekiel's story, I cannot stop singing. Do you know it? Yeah, you know it. Dim bones, dim bones, gonna walk around. Dim bones, dim bones, gonna walk around. Dim bones, dim bones, gonna walk around. Now hear the word of the Lord. Yeah. The spiritual written by James Weldon Jones sometime in the early 1900s. It's been sung by every imaginable artist, including, wait for it, the Wiggles. <laughs> Jazz pianist Fats Waller has perhaps the most famous rendition as he connects each bone to the next bone. Some of us learned our biology from the spiritual. It was intended, though, Mr. Jones wrote it, to empower and encourage those fighting oppression. Mr. Jones adapted Ezekiel's prophecy for his people, turning the story into a spiritual. The image became an anthem for the civil rights movement. The dry bones are no longer Israel. Now the Lord's promise of new life and hope is for Mr. Jones's black community in America. The spiritual empowers the people to come together. A call to participate in God's ongoing activity in the world. The prophet calls Ezekiel, calls Israel to hope. And Mr. Jones calls his people to hear the word of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord, he says, is with the oppressed restoring life in their struggle for freedom. One power of Scripture is its ability to connect the past to right now and then point us to the future. And each story is one image of God's ongoing, never-ending, redemptive work in creation, living examples of how God is among us right now. Dry bones brought to life are an ancient anthem of hope for Israel, for the civil rights movement, for refugees of war all over the world. These are powerful reminders that God acts in powerful and sometimes fierce ways. Now, over the last few days, the church has experienced the intense reality of Christ's ministry. 
Jesus, an innocent man, is guilty of no crime, and yet because he challenges every authority, he is put on trial and crucified. And as I listened to this story just yesterday, I had a newfound empathy for our brother Peter and his brothers, the disciples. Of course they were afraid. Did they wonder what would happen to them? Absolutely they did. Did they wonder where God was? The stories of the empty tomb remind us that the unimaginable is possible with God. Dry bones are brought to life. Jesus is resurrected from the dead. Now, I cannot imagine what standing in Jesus' empty tomb felt like. I imagine it would be similar to watching a valley of dry bones brought to life, flesh and all. The Gospel of Luke tells us that the women were perplexed, and Peter is amazed. Perhaps Peter wondered at all that he knew about Jesus. I, I guess I can see him standing in the tomb with memories flooding all over him remembering how Jesus treated people and what he had taught them and how he had lived and died. And perhaps Peter began to glimpse the fullness of God's redeeming work in Christ. The Apostle Paul has his own experience of Christ's ministry. Blinded on the road to Damascus, he is brought to his knees. And he becomes an apostle as faithful as Peter. His letters become anthems for a growing movement, for followers of the way. Of course, Romans is his most famous letter, an almost perfect summary of all that Paul taught. Here in our excerpt tonight, we hear some of Paul's teaching about baptism, Echoes of this teaching appear in our own prayer book. As we bless and sanctify baptismal water, we pray, we thank you, Father, for the water of baptism. In it, we are buried with Christ in his death. By it, we share in his resurrection. Through it, we are reborn by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, by our baptism, we are bound, bound to the redemptive work of Christ. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us, setting us free from all that enslaves us, raising us to new life in Christ. Let us stand for a moment with Ezekiel in that valley of dry bones. Can we, like James Weldon Jones, imagine all that God is doing for us. The Spirit of the Lord, a powerful force of hope, a fierce power against oppression and enslavement. Like Ezekiel, our faithfulness enacts this hope in our lives and for our communities. Let us stand for a moment with our brother, brother Peter in that empty tomb, no idle tale. Are we amazed by the power of God in the world? 
The Spirit of the Lord raises Christ from the dead, revealing the fullness of his ministry. Jesus is more, more than healing for the sick, food for the hungry, or wisdom of God for the people. Here is a powerful force of hope, the fierce power of God's redemptive life for creation. Let us stand for our moment in our own baptism. We are united with Christ in his life and resurrection. Through him we are bound to the Spirit of the Lord, a powerful force of hope. And by our faithfulness, acts of mercy and service, we restore life in creation. Our lives become an anthem of hope, singing the praise of God's powerful, redemptive work. With our lives, we sing, Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia.